Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for tuning in to the Canuck Way podcast. My name is Dave Ucadrelli. I'm the site expert at the Canuck Way, and this week I'm actually not joined by anybody. I'm hosting this episode alone. We're going to see how this goes. Due to some technical difficulties on the part of my co-host for this week, Braden Ursel, I'm actually unable to have a co-host this week, so it's just me. Hopefully this next 20 or so minutes is one that you can bear, and hopefully it's one that I actually perform better than I'm thinking that I will. So let's just see how this goes. We got a lot to unpack here, so let's just jump right into it. Jacob Markstrom made back-to-back starts for the Canucks tonight. It was surprising for me to see because back-to-backs are usually the latter half are given to the backup goaltender. That's just the way it usually goes. But with Jacob Markstrom playing pretty well as of late and playing very well in Edmonton last night, Travis Green decided to go with Jacob Markstrom. TSN's Jeff Patterson put out a poll about this, and the responses were about 50-50 as to whether or not starting Markstrom in back-to-back nights was a good idea. It's already upsetting enough that the Canucks were given back-to-back games on back-to-back nights, one on the road, one at home, against the same opponent. The Canucks fan base is a little split whether or not it was a good idea to start Jacob Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom played well tonight. He allowed three goals, but when you're playing against 97 and 29 on Edmonton, it's just a... you can't really blame a goaltender for that and it's the same story when the Canucks were in Pittsburgh and Thatcher Demko allowed eight goals it's weird that we now live in a time when the Canucks can give up eight goals and it's not the goaltender's fault I feel like a few years ago if eight goals went in it would be the goaltender's fault and Canucks fans would be calling for the heads of whoever was in net but with this latest run and I guess the era we're now living in Thatcher Demko wasn't the one that was being ragged on after that loss. It was Travis Green. Thatcher Demko played pretty well in Pittsburgh, but the Canucks did decide to go with Markstrom. They lost tonight by a score of 3-2 to the Edmonton Oilers. Recording this on Sunday night, it'll be coming out at Monday at 6 a.m. Whenever you're listening to this, the Canucks will be playing their next game on Tuesday against the Ottawa Senators. You could probably expect Jacob Markstrom to start that game as well. Ollie Olevi actually dodged a bullet when it came to his latest injury. We were told about a week ago that Olevi was going to be flying back to Vancouver to be checked out by the Canucks doctors. And anytime that happens, it's pretty normal reaction to think the injury might be a little serious. To me, this was just a team that wanted to make sure that a player that's already dealt with so many injuries in his such a young career... They just wanted to make sure they got this one right and that there was no further complications with the injuries. So they thought, let's get him checked out by the best medical staff we have in the organization. Kind of makes sense to me. But myself included, everybody was pretty concerned that this was going to be a long-term injury and just another one in a long list of injuries for Yulevi. Such a young player who has already faced so much adversity and has already had the cards stacked against him with the success that Matthew Kachuk, who was selected one spot after him, has had already in the NHL and the impact that Kachuk has had with the Calgary Flames, a lot of people have been kind of looking at Yulevi and going, okay, well, what the heck? This guy's doing really well. What have you done? You haven't done anything. But Yulevi's played well in Utica. The only problem, he keeps getting injured. So this one, with his latest injury, was just one that you kind of felt bad for the young defenseman 
Luckily, it's looking like he won't be out long term. He's expected to start skating with the Comets. We'll have a full update from Jim Benning on Monday. Again, recording this on Sunday night. So on Monday, we will have a full update from Jim Benning on the Olevi injury. And hopefully that'll be posted on the Canuck way and you'll have all your have all your information up to date by the time you listen to this. But yeah, Yolevi expected to start skating with the Comets, dodging a massive bullet, both the Canucks and Yolevi. It is great to see that Yolevi is going to be back healthy with the Comets because he's playing such a big part. He's killing penalties. He's playing on the power play. He actually lead led, I don't know if he does anymore, but he led the Comets in blocked shots at the time of his injury. Again, that's a whole other can of worms that I don't really want to open on a podcast where I don't have anybody to go back and forth with. But why is Yolevi blocking shots when he's had so many problems, specifically with his knees? I don't know. There's just, that's a whole other can of worms, like I said. Yolevi dodges a major bullet. It's good to see him get back. Next up is our Can You Believe It segment. And yes, I'm still doing this segment alone because my bosses tell me to. So, my Can You Believe It for the week, the only one you're going to hear this week, is that the Canucks are still in a playoff spot. November was a month of horrors for the Canucks, as it has been in recent years. They are still in a playoff spot. At the time of this recording, 30 points is good enough to be tied for the second wildcard spot, so technically they are in a playoff spot. I don't know if you're a believer in the whole American Thanksgiving idea that if your team is in a playoff spot by the time of American Thanksgiving, they'll make it in. I think it's something like 75% of teams that are in the playoff spot on American Thanksgiving actually end up making it to the final dance. So we'll have to see if that rings true for the Canucks, but even after such a bad month of November for this team, they are in a playoff spot, and that may be hard to believe. Rightfully so, the Canucks finished their road trip, their six-game road trip, three for three. That's pretty good. On the podcast with Sean Warren a couple weeks back, I predicted that the Canucks would get five points on the road trip. They ended up coming out with six, which exceeded my expectations, but that expectation I laid out was just a matter of the Canucks were playing extremely poorly before this road trip. They weren't getting any wins, they were having a lot of troubles, and then when we recorded, the injuries started to pile on, and it was looking really bleak for this team. Coming away with six and finishing 500 on the road trip is a victory for the Canucks. It's good that they didn't totally undo all the great work that they did in October, as many feared they would. Speaking of the months, December. December should be a big month for this club. In recent years, the Canucks have played extremely well in December. The month of December has been kind to the Canucks. Last year specifically, the Canucks had a 571 winning percentage in the month of December. Year before that, of course, it was 307, but... December is a good month for this team, and I'm very confident with the Canucks having a 10 game, ten games at home and all of the good things that are coming with their December schedule, I think this team can really go back up in the standings. They can climb back to that third Pacific Division spot that they held for oh so long. I think the Canucks are going to really get back into the playoff picture and not be uh, in that fringe playoff spot that they're at right now. I think they're going to have a great month of December. Now, I say that, and you might think I'm calling that the Canucks are going to make the playoffs, 
But if you read what I wrote recently for Canucks Army, I know I probably shouldn't plug my Canucks Army work on the Canuck Way podcast, they have two road trips coming up that aren't going to be walks in the park. These are going to be two troublesome road trips to say the least. The first one starts on January 7th with a trip down to Tampa Bay to do battle with the Lightning. Then the Canucks will play the Panthers on the 9th, the Sabres on the 11th, and the Minnesota Wild on the 12th, and cap it off with a trip to Winnipeg to play the Jets on the 14th. Now that's five games in eight nights against some fairly decent competition. The second one comes just two weeks later, opening with a road trip to San Jose on the 29th of January. Then they're going to go to New York to play the Islanders, who have been red hot as of late, on the 1st of February, and then travel to Carolina to play the Hurricanes just a day later. And then the Canucks are going to wrap it up playing the Boston Bruins on the 4th and the Minnesota Wild on the 6th. The one that really stands out is the one against Boston. Boston is one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league, and it's going to be tough to get wins against them. The same can be said for the Islanders and the Hurricanes. These trips are going to be difficult, and they're actually coming at a time when the Canucks have not played very well in the past couple of years. Last January, the Canucks season fell off. If you thought November was bad, January and February were nearly just as bad. The Canucks couldn't find ways to win late in the season. And if history repeats itself the way it has this season with November being very similar to last November, then the Canucks are in tough to stay in the playoff race late into the season. Last season, it's tough to argue that there were many meaningful games in March, and that was because the season fell off in January and February. And I fear that a similar thing is going to happen to this year's team. The schedule is not doing them any favors these months, and... Like I said, these are months that the team hasn't played very well. Like I said, I think December is going to be a very big month for this club. I think they're going to get a lot of wins, and I think they're going to get a lot more people believing in them, as they did in October. They're going to get Beagle and Sutter back. They're going to get that important, important part of their lineup back. Say what you want about Beagle and Sutter's contract. But those two guys are the final pieces of the puzzle. And dare I say it, they're very important to this team. Without them, the Canucks have actually struggled to close out games. I'm I'm under the impression that if Beagle or Sutter were in the lineup in that game against Pittsburgh, the Canucks wouldn't have lost 8-6. to six. They would have won that game. I think they would have closed it out when they had a three-goal lead, up 6-3. to three. I think that would have been it, and you wouldn't be hearing this conversation. But because they're injured, and now the Canucks have lost Tyler Grayevac, how are they going to figure that out? I think they're very important to this team, and I think a lot of people kind of undermine that, because their job, mostly Beagle here, is a thankless job. He doesn't get on highlight reels for shutting down other teams' top lines. But it's something that you need to win, and it's something the Canucks need to be able to do to win. Beagle's an important part of this team. You can say what you want about his contract, but without him, the puzzle isn't complete. 
The Canucks are going to get him back, and they're going to get Brandon Sutter back, and the puzzle's going to start looking more and more complete. Michael Furlan's coming back from a concussion, which will give them a boost, but it was tough to see Furlan go down with the concussion in the first place, and that was because he got off to a pretty slow start to the season, while the rest of his team was off to a torrid start, and he was starting to finally put it together. But then, Furlan gets a concussion, and that was it. Everybody was writing off Furland, the Canucks signed damaged goods, and that was that. But that was the day that I talked to the concussion specialist, Dr. Rosenblatt. I wrote an article on it for the Canuck way. And I'm under the impression that if this is handled correctly and handled properly by a team of concussion specialists, that Furland can make a recovery, he can get back to playing the way he needs to to be successful, and he can greatly lower his risk of further concussion if he recovers fully from this one. And I think the Canucks have been very careful with him, rightfully so. And I think we're going to see Furland get off to a slow start when he gets back. But once he starts to pick up again, we're going to start seeing him putting up those points like he was right before he got injured. He was playing well before he got injured. He was starting to skate faster. He was looking just better out there. He was passing the eye test. He was probably passing the analytics test. I haven't even looked at it, but I know that Michael Furland was playing better right before he got injured, and that's just why it was so hard to see him go down with that injury, but he's close to returning as well. The big injury news, which I already touched on, is Oli Olevi coming back. That is going to be huge, and the fact that he is going to be able to play again this season, most likely, is huge for the Canucks, and it's huge for Olevi's development. Mott coming back is going to be a help. I just don't know what this lineup's going to look like when it's healthy again. Roussel's coming back. The Canucks are actually going to have some tough roster decisions coming up. And I guess we're going to have to wait and see what those could be. But most likely, if everybody's healthy, Adam Gaudet doesn't have a spot in this lineup. And he's played well. His two-way game has been good. A lot of people have focused mainly on his offensive abilities, but he's come a long way in his two-way game. And that's something Travis Green demands from his players. So it was good to see Gaudet be able to do that during his time up. Speaking of two-way games, Elias Pettersson looked awesome tonight against the Oilers, and he's looked great the past few games. Tonight he was paired up, shutting down Connor McDavid, and he did it well. Elias Patterson's two-way game is something that, again, not many talk about. You're not going to see him on highlight reels for getting back on the back check and breaking up an odd man rush. It makes a difference, and it's something his coach wants to see from him. And it's very good to see Elias Patterson pulling off this kind of stuff. And him playing good defense is huge for this team, and it's vital for this team's success to play good team defense. Harmon Dial of The Athletic wrote a very good article about the Canucks defense and their defensive game as a whole and how forwards weren't getting back and pushing as hard as they could to get back and it was costing the Canucks goals because the defense had to back up further. He also pointed out, like I just said, that the Canucks defense is backing up too much and since reading that article I've been looking for that and even Kevin Bieksa on the intermission show on Hockey Night in Canada pointed it out that Tanev and Edler, two of the Canucks best defensemen, had to back up and had to give Leon Drysaddle so much time that he was able to just wire one past Jacob Markstrom. But what were their other options in that situation? If they push up too much, Drysaddle has a passing lane. And I think it was McDavid that was going to be open in front. 
You just don't want to give up that chance, but it's a hard thing to deal with. Now, had there been a forward rushing back as hard as they could, that play might have looked different. Anyways, that's all I got for you guys this week. It was a very interesting experience to host this episode alone. I like to think I did an adequate job. I'm pretty happy with this episode. I really hope you guys like it. For David Quadrelli, because I'm the only one on the episode this week, I'm David Quadrelli, signing off. <laughs>